in the name of God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Please be seated. Ah, summer. A time of rest and relaxation. A touch of humidity. Just a touch. Time to visit family or perhaps get some of that time outdoors that, uh, that we do not take for granted here in Northeast Ohio. I'll give you a, a summertime update for our household. Um, no vacation yet. But some days off along the way, kids are either in camp or are chilling out around the house. Uh, one has been to Bellwether Farm for camp. One will go in just a few weeks. Uh, two of us, that would be Joe and me, are, it is July and we are completely hooked on the Tour de France. We can't get enough of it. So if you're checking the stages during, during the sermon, don't tell me. Uh, I'm going to watch it later when I get home. We're still working, but... Summertime, at least in our imagination, is, is a hybrid season when, when there are a few less meetings and a little bit more Sabbath. Now I say in my imagination because it never quite works out that way. Life continues to be life and with many of the usual stresses along the way. So I want to think this morning about stress and rest. I want, in fact, I want to be your life coach here in this midsummer moment to ask you a little bit about where you find rest and a little bit about where you experience stress. So what, we'll start with rest first. What in your mind is, is the perfect way to rest? To take Sabbath or, or vacation? Is it an outdoor hike or is it an, an adventure out to a, a city that you want to visit? Is it a walk in the, uh, maybe a walk in the park or a day in the garden? What, one way of thinking about resting is just not doing anything. I guess that's the scientific version of, of resting. But another way of resting is, is to be per, so perfectly in the flow of something that you just love to do that your soul is nourished rather than just napping. Now, think for a moment then about what causes you stress. Now, I know that work can cause stress, no matter what your work is. But um, does that mean that once I retire in a couple of decades, that uh, suddenly my stress is going to reduce to zero? Retired folks, how is that one working out? <laughs> right, 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 right. Nope, 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 nope. More than likely, you still experience the pressures of life be they family or health or politics or finances or, or just change in general. Stress now is not all bad. Nassim Nicholas Taleb talks about good stress and bad stress. So good stress, when, when a body or a system is stressed, 
It, that's actually how you grow. Thinking about, thinking about lifting weights, going for a run, you are stressing your body. And hopefully through that, your body is getting just a little bit healthier in the process because it's responding to the stress you're putting on it. No stress and the muscles atrophy. No stress and there's no energy created. No stress means no life, which means death. Ironically, acute stress, when, when there is a situation that requires action, that tends to be the healthier kind because it can cause a response that, one, allows you to survive, but then actually grow from what you have experienced in that moment. The less healthy stress is that chronic, slow-burn stuff that wears on you over time and never seems to get better. When Edwin Friedman wrote Generation to Generation about family systems, he pointed out where the really tangly, hurtful stress comes from. It comes from triangulation, from all the ways that we, we work the channels and use emotional leverage to get folks to do what we want them to do. This is tough on families, it's tough on churches, it's tough on communities, it's tough on workplaces. And, and the insight here is that work stress, that the worst stress, excuse me, doesn't come from a heavy workload. It comes from living lives or living in communities where we say one thing, but we do another. Where, where we talk about love, but we really demand loyalty. Where we preach inclusion, but we really just want our way. Where we want to live gracefully, but we remain stuck in our egocentric ways. Now, we don't think of St. Paul as a guru of stress management. And most days, I don't think he is. But today, he can give us a few hints. Now, he could do with a little bit more self-compassion. I'm going to start there. But he does talk about tension, about the stress, the conflict between what is the yearning of his inmost self. I love that phrase. The yearning of his inmost self and the actions and motivations of the rest of him, which cannot help but drift away towards God, towards, towards egocentrism, forgetting about the grace and neighborliness and looking out only for number one. And we always seem to find some rationalization for looking out for number one. Thinking in that inmost self about union with God and union with our loved ones. But with the outer layers being wrapped up in ego and insecurity, which are so much two sides of the exact same coin. When I, what I, want, to, when I want to do good, Paul says, but I do what is not so good. I experience stress. Not in his words, but that's one way that I read it. 
Paul is experiencing disintegration. Now, uh, not that, I'm going to test you on this one, not disintegration, like when Daffy Duck fires the space ray at the alien. Does anybody remember this from Saturday morning cartoons? Good, good, good. It took a little risk on that one. Um, But disintegration, as in the opposite of integration, of coming apart at the seams, because we are pulled in so many different directions. And so we feel it right here, right here in our guts. Do you you know what it feels like to be pulled in different directions? Have you ever had a task that requires you to be someone who you are not? Have you ever had to please multiple parties who refuse to be reconciled? Can you think through just a little bit of Paul's dilemma of wanting to be in union with the Holy One, but always being tempted towards the needs of his small self. And that is what disintegration looks like. That's where stress, the hard stuff, the the toxic, nothing good comes from it kind, that's where it really comes from. And that's the kind of stress which, rather than making us stronger, causes us to fray at the edges and disrupts our community. Where do we see stress in our wider world when we uh, open up the newspaper, which is, of course, on our phones? We experience that stress, right? Because we're pulled in so many different directions. And we are a people pulled in so many different directions, And as we become disintegrated, as we lose touch with our true selves, to put it most simply, we just stop acting right. We stop acting right. We stop playing. We stop laughing. We stop singing when we should be experiencing joy. And we lose access to compassion when things start to really get tough. Compassion for ourselves. Compassion for for all others. Jesus says, to what will I compare this generation? It is like children saying to one another, what's going on? I played music and you just sat there. I told a joke. It was pretty funny, but you did not laugh. I said, let's play. And you looked at me like I was wasting both of our time. You don't know how to let your hair down anymore. And then when something sad happened, we cried, but you didn't. You just sat there. You went stoic. You tried to be tough as if you just didn't care. Steve Earle has a song called The Boy Who Never Cried. Long ago and far away in a land no map can find, there lived in long-forgotten days a boy who never cried. He was his mother's only child, so she never wondered why until the news spread far and wide of a boy who never cried. Days grew long and short until the seasons turned to years. The child grew strong and fairer still, with a face unstained by tears. But every maid and lady fair 
held her breath when he passed by. For their mothers bid them all beware of a man who never cries. This is the price of disintegration. Of losing ourselves. Of living not out of grace and love, which is our heart's desire and the very reason why we have souls in the first place, but remaining stuck in the trappings and stresses of this world. There is balm, though. There is rest for the weary. There is the promise of return, of reintegration, or perhaps we should just call that integrity, where the fabric fabric of our hearts is woven back together, and the result is something that we would get out of the next vacation or the perfect summer or a day at the beach, only to learn that it's there for us, but it comes from none of those things. And that thing is perfect rest. Rest for your souls. Come to me, Jesus says, all you who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Not an eternal spa day, not an end to change, not an end to work, not even, I'm sorry to say it, an end to stress, but rather a sense of peace and grace in the midst of all these things that happen in this life of ours. And the secret is this. When we put the burdens of disintegration down, we don't just sit on back and call it a day. We still, we pick up a different yoke. It's still a burden, but it is easy and it is light. And with it, we begin to move and to flow together. And with it, we gain traction and energy, each lending our hearts, each lending our toil. And we begin with one another and with God to co-create a more loving world, a more integrated world. One where the yearnings of our inmost selves are honored and the noises that want to tempt our outward members, I'm not going to say they're gone, but they are a whole lot quieter. Integration, taking on the burdens of Christ, it means our heart is made whole again and that we can live wholeheartedly. But let me be, one, one last time, let me be your life coach this morning And say this, we don't have to wait until we feel whole before we love wholeheartedly. Because what are we going to ever get to it? It's going to be tough. This is the, the key, is we love wholeheartedly even before that. And that's the way that we disrupt all those things that cause the kind of stress that would pull us apart. Give us grace, we ask, to love with our whole heart, to open ourselves up, to give everything we have away so that we can rest completely on Christ. Jesus says, I am gentle and humble in heart, 
And in me, you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. In Christ, we find perfect rest. Not in the sense of relaxation or a good day off, but rather a life of integrity. Where we love with our whole hearts, holding nothing back and holding nothing for ourselves. And through that, we find peace. Amen.